Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Performing the Arts Bar, or Brian and Hayden Experience, or what have you. I have no idea what we're, if that's the official name. I think it is going to be the official name because it just rolls off the tongue. Uh, Hayden, how was your week? It was good, yeah. Um, had a reading for a uh, scripted series I've been writing. It's been going very well. And uh, no, we unfortunately cannot answer any GOAT-related questions at this time. <laughs> but I will make a goat noise for you. Bah! <laughs> it, well, the 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 bah name might actually change. I don't know. But I, I, I like the idea of just calling something bah or something like that. It's like, what's your what's your show name? Bah. Oh, you don't really have a name? No, that's what it's called. Bah. <laughs> it sounds like a it sounds like a Seinfeld moment waiting to happen. Uh, my week was good. I, I've been mostly uh, been replaying uh, Fallout New Vegas, so I have it on Steam now, and I've been using Steam mostly for Fallout, and I have Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 and Knights of the Old Republic, but I've mm-hmm. mostly just been playing uh, Fallout New Vegas because I'm mostly a Fallout fan, and I've been trying to play... Uh, you know, I just got back into uh, playing Fallout 76 so like a few months ago, but then there's like, then I realized why I stopped playing because one, it's it's relatively hard, oddly, oddly enough. You you would not think that a Fallout game is not really that hard, but uh, I like the idea of them, you know, putting you know non PCs into a uh, essentially an online game that didn't have an on you know uh, non playable characters and all that stuff and. It was just basically other players just grifting each other and so you know all that stuff. So right, right. But but going back to it, I was like, you know, it, it, it does feel like a nice Fallout game. And then suddenly I understand why I stopped playing because it just like after a while I'm just like, it's the same old stuff, just like repeating like over and over and over. And then if you you know play and with Fallout New Vegas, you know. Sure enough, it is some of the same stuff over and over. But you know, the last pl- playthrough I did was the uh, the C- uh, the Caesar's Legion playthrough, which I never actually uh, went through actually because I never actually sided with Caesar's Legion. You know, I was always either totally independent or NCR or something like that. Now I'm actually doing the more scientific uh, route of doing Mr. House playthrough. So by the time I get to uh, New Vegas itself, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm totally with Mr. House now. Because mm-hmm. not only do I have great, you know, energy weapons and whatnot, I've done one playthrough with, you know, uh, NCR, I've done one playthrough with uh, uh, Caesar's Legion, and now I'm doing one through playthrough with uh, Mr. House. And then, sure enough, the last playthrough I'm going to be doing with is, is, which is the totally chaotic independent route, so <laughs> I'm just going to have fun with that one. Yeah, sometimes sometimes the most fun can just be the chaos one where you just kind of like just do whatever the hell and don't stick to like any kind of specific thing and just kind of see what happens. That's true independence, baby. <laughs> and and I think kind of getting back to what you were actually saying earlier, like that kind of well burnout you kind of get from these kind of games is like, yeah, like that kind of happens a lot with video games because it's like they're all essentially kind of doing the similar mechanics over and over again. So it's like you have to have something in it to keep it interesting so you don't just you know get burned out of it and then move on to a different game 
Yeah, because like, it's like, you know, uh, there's a new uh, Call of Duty game coming out in like I think in a couple of months, maybe November, something like that. It's the, mm-hmm. it's it's a new year, new Call of Duty game, stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, I've been burnt out with Call of Duty for the past several years. I think the last real Call of Duty game I or I played like religious like religiously was probably maybe. Uh, World War Two, and I love the 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 aesthetic of going back to World War Two and the World War Two roots and stuff like that too. And they do the same thing here with uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, but from what I've been seeing, it's a, it's essentially a relayered version of Mon Warfare, which I guess Black Ops Cold War uh, game uh, gameplay or Maybe just like the the, yeah, the gameplay mechanic of playing like essentially Mon Warfare and Black Ops with mm-hmm. essentially the, the added flair of um, World War II background stuff. Yeah, so, even the even the story elements kind of indicate that they're kind of going for more of that kind of you know covert ops kind of flair, and then but then of course it is just going to turn into one big shootout by the end of the missions. It says a lot when the the new Battlefield game, which you know I. I only have like I think I have Battlefield Four or something like that, and I haven't really got to play that yet because again I have a lot of games in the back back burner. And again, that's mostly because of uh, that burnout of just going back into old games and stuff like that too. It's like I you know I still am playing three games I haven't really finished fully yet. I have uh, Horizon Zero Dawn that I'm kind of like in the middle of playing. I, I'm on my way of finishing The Last of Us Part Two, and now I'm on my way of trying to finish uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So mm-hmm. it's like you just said before, it's like there's these games that, you know, that challenge you, and I love playing games that does challenge me, but at the same time, it's like I do get that sensation of burnout just where it's like it's the same repetitive stuff over and over again. Over again. And mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, like... Um, like Last of Us Part Two, it's like it's a sequel, so you think, okay, there's going to be something bigger here, probably with the mechanics. They don't really offer much new in the way of mechanics per se. I mean, yeah. There's a lot you can customize and whatnot in the settings, which is pretty cool. You can basically make it to where you can just go prone and you're, and you're entirely invisible to everybody. And I just kind of did that for some playthrough because I'm like, it, it's just kind of funny. So yeah. it's literally just go prone, someone's right on top of your head, and it's like, well, nobody here. Like, I think I remember you messaging me, like, last year. It was like, oh, I got The Last of Us. And it's like, you should have just gotten Ghost of, uh, like, what was it, Ghost of... T- uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, like, a year behind of all the games I have. And now, probably when I get get to my birthday, like, next year, I'll mm-hmm. probably get Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because Ghost of Tsushima, like, it doesn't use, like, like, any kind of real traditional targeting kind of system. And because like, usually be like, OK, look, you're in a you know third person um, like sword based combat game. So it's going to lock on like with um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It'll lock yeah. on to one person. So you'll kind of be focused on them. They'll have to like, you know, switch it to who you lock on to next. That doesn't Which exist. Which is hard, by the way. And exactly. And that doesn't exist in Ghost of Tsushima. No targeting system, just a free camera. You move around as you fight. So it's more like. So you kind of feel like you have more control of the fight. Yeah, I keep on forgetting that the uh, what's it called? I keep literally forgetting that I I, I unlocked the, the dual not well not only the dual wield uh, the dual wield lightsaber move, but also I have like the double edged lightsaber, so I could easily just like use these two lightsabers at the same time. But I'm just like using my regular lightsaber, just like 
Brian, just, you know, use your other lightsaber and all that stuff. You know, do what Dolph Maul does and just, you know, use the other lightsaber he has. And, you know, mm-hmm. just like, but I, you, but I'm forgetting, but I'm forgetting about that too. It was like, and of course I'm coming up to a part in the game, which is essentially fighting against another like fallen Jedi, you know, and it's like legitimately a hard battle because, you know, you're, you're fighting against another Jedi and the other Jedi is like literally tossing things at you. And so it's like, it's a little mm-hmm. hard to essentially rocket it back to you. The thing where I'm just so accustomed to, uh. And, and not just rock, not just, you know, throwing rocks at you. He'll even throw one of his two lightsabers in the air. Yeah. And just like throw it at you too. So then you gotta account for that as well. Which is even more hard because I'm just like, you know, where the, you know, where is this, you know, like, and it's weird because, you know, previously the game was like very uncharted where it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. exploring all this stuff battling against, um, like, you know, uh, stone monsters and stuff like that, uh, st- you know, stormtroopers, mm-hmm. maybe even fight, like, a big guy or two. And then suddenly it's like, oh, you know, not only are we going straight into uh, learning about the main character's backstory, but also we're, we're, you know, we're fighting against someone who is essentially his equal. And, yeah. it's, little, and it's essentially harder than... <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't even say his equal, although I would actually say his superior because... Um, oh, yeah. Because Cal's still technically a Padawan at that point, really. That is true, yeah. But and and, and also, but also, like, what is nice in that fight is that um, uh, what's her name? The the night that night sister. Yeah. Um, like uh, she'll kind of like uh, show up, I think, halfway during the fight and start giving you assist and assistance okay. in the in the combat. Yeah, I, I was like, at first, I thought the hardest fight I had in that game was uh, fighting against the. Uh, was it uh one of the uh, like the like a very big brute type of character? Yeah, yeah, one of the on, one of the on, sisters. That yeah, I think on, on Kashyyyk, and it was like you know, and, and I'm like, holy shit, this 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 freaking thing is harder than it looks. And then suddenly mm-hmm. you just get like a whole slew of like, okay, now we're not doing all this stuff on Kashyyyk anymore. We're just going back with the the story, and then suddenly we're going back into into a hard. Uh, a horror mm-hmm. character to beat. Yeah, I think my favorite moment before, like before the um, that fight with the fallen Jedi, and then after that fight with that um that um that yeah, there's like they're numbered sisters, like ninth sister or something like that. Yeah, At that moment where you go to that temple on that uh man, I'm it's been a while since I'm so I'm really blanking on a lot of these names. On the planet, on like the you know the planet that Maul's from, when the Night yeah. Sisters live, when you go to that temple and then you have the, like Cal has this flashback yeah. of being on the Venator when Order sixty six happens. God, that is that has to think I think be one of my favorite moments of that game. There's another yeah. one coming up later, but I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, no, not really. It's like, well, one is a game that's been out for like maybe a year and a half, like maybe two years or so. So, oh no, well, close to a year and a half because that just came out last year. So, mm-hmm. if we are spoiling it, but then again, this is also Star Wars, so it's like, what have you not been spoiled about Star Wars so far? Yeah, uh, that's true. It's like, hey, uh, Hayden, did you hear Luke and Leia are our brother and sister? What? Yeah. <laughs> but but wait, what, what what? But they they kiss. Like, you know, they, they can't be brother and sister. They kiss, right? What? What in the sweet home Alabama? <laughs> next, next you're gonna tell me Darth Vader's Luke's father. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> uh, but speaking of Star Wars, actually, that, that actually brings a good, a good uh, point about 
Star Wars itself was that the original trilogy, one of the original trilogy's editor actually had uh, a thing about Star Wars just recently about saying that J.J. Uh, Abrams and oh, who's uh, Kathleen Kennedy does not know Star Wars, and that's the reason why the new uh, sequel trilogy did not do well because you have a character like Rey who was supposedly a Jedi, you know, force sensitive character, and then suddenly it's like it does. And I will agree, I haven't really watched Rise of Skywalker at all, mm-hmm. but it gets to a point where it's like I don't really wa- need to watch Rise of Skywalker when I already know what's going to happen and stuff like that too. And, exactly. Like, and, and and pretty much at this point, you can watch the entire version of it just in small clip forms on YouTube anyway. Yeah, and and then you get the, the sensation of what what I uh, what I'm really missing too is like. Apple team came back. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, it's like, it, it, well, I think I think another problem too was the fact that they didn't have a plan for all three movies essentially, because it was clear they're trying to set up Snoke to be the big bad, but then yeah. Ryan Johnson kills him in the second movie, so it's like, oh shit, what are we gonna do? Because I'm Jarvis' great actor, but he can't, he just can't lead as a villain, as the big bad villain in this, especially the way they set him up in in um, Last Jedi. Okay, so so then they kind of figure, okay, what do we do? Um, let's just bring back Palpatine. People like the fans like Palpatine; they'll like him, so that'll, that'll you know get us the fans back. Maybe here's the actual. She was the editor for the original Star Wars, and she basically said that the gist of it is that this is her full, full quote. I like Kathleen. I always like her. She's so full of beans, but and she's really smart and really bright. Really wonderful woman. I like her husband Frank. I like them a lot. Now she's running Lucasfilms, make, making movies, and it seems like the, that Kath. But it seems to me that Kathy Kennedy and J.J. Abrams don't have a clue about Star Wars. They just don't get it. And J.J. is always writing these stories. When I first saw that movie where they killed Han Solo, I was fur- furious. I was furious when they killed Han. Absolutely, positively, there was no rhyme or reason to it. I thought, you just didn't get the Jedi story. You don't get the magic of Star Wars. You're getting rid of Han Solo. Uh, they have Luke disintegrate. They killed Han. They killed Luke. And they don't even have Princess Leia anymore. They're splitting up, uh, spitting out movies every year. And they think to, and it's think it's important to appeal to a woman audience. So the main character is this female who's supposed to have Jedi powers, but we don't know she has, we don't know how she got Jedi powers or who she is. It sucks. The storyline is really terrible, just terrible, awful. You could quote me. J.J. Abrams, Kathy Kennedy, talk to me. And this is from a uh, new book. So, yeah, it's about uh, one of the, uh, yeah, essentially that's her main grip is that Kathy Kennedy and and, uh, J.J. Abrams really don't understand Star Wars. And I, do agree with that is that mm-hmm. they don't really understand the sensation of stories and you know i think it's it, it it is also and this is something that that goes on with uh jj abrams previously if it's that you know i'm a big star trek fan right mm-hmm. between star trek and star wars i will gravitate towards star trek because that's more of the interesting um uh narrative for me mm-hmm. you know? If I want to have a fun time watching a, uh, if I want to have a fun time watching Star, uh, watching uh, space battles and stuff like that too, I'll watch mm-hmm. Star Wars. But if I love a more character-driven stuff, Star Trek. So, but mm-hmm. 
the thing with J.J. Abrams is that he doesn't really, you know, he had the same problem with Star War, uh, Star Trek because, you know, he, he wants to uh, essentially create a more modern take and stuff like that, too. And with Star Wars, it's like what you just said before, it's, it's the same thing with uh, Call of Duty, where it's <laughs> like they had the same sort of formula. And, yeah. you know, so, you know, if you're doing a new trilogy, the first movie introduces the hero or heroine, mm-hmm. and then the second, and then the second movie is sort of like the down, is sort of like the plight of everything that has transpired over the past like two movies, and then the third movie is like the big payoff to essentially everything else. But the problem is, is that you could tell that Ryan Johnson really was in a bit of a pickle because they essentially he was like you know they were trying to do like well well they gave a lot of freedom to Ryan Johnson though that's the thing yeah but the problem uh, problem was also is that Rise of Skywalker or the Dual Fates originally as it was going to be called which sounds like much more of a better title than the Rise of Skywalker not not only a better title but just the story too because like yeah, uh, Colin Favreau was keeping more in track of like where Episode Eight left off, so it's like at least we're not trying to bring back Palpatine again for how many other times. Just to you know, it, it would have kept more in line with at least at least it would have kept a better continuity with where they left off with Eight. And yeah. regardless of you know your feelings on Eight, and I you know I'm not a fan of Eight at all. I mean I'm yeah. not a fan of the the Rise of Skywalker se- and the the uh, just those se- just the Disney sequel movies. I mean it's it, it, it is hilarious to know that Disney has more of a better track on the, the on the TV side compared to film-wise at least in terms of uh, Star Wars. I mean the mm-hmm. same thing with well I think they um, learned I think they must have learned from their mistakes after like doing the couple movies cuz they didn't start putting all the attention to, into the TV shows until after episode 8. Yeah. And yeah, and speaking of the TV shows uh you know, uh, I they just released, I think, the 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 what is it? The Star map? Wars Visions? No, no, not, not Star Wars Visions. The map to um, what's going to be essentially going into 2022 in terms of the, the Star Wars uh, shows. Mm. Okay. And while you're doing that, fun little tidbit. So the um, Marcia Lucas, um, I don't know if they're currently married, but she was married to George Lucas. Oh, no, I saw I saw one article saying they they were divorced, so I don't know if they're currently together now or not. But she was also instrumental in helping make New Hope what it was, because originally New Hope was going to have so many more uh, filler scenes that you didn't really need, like spending like the uh, established like that opening shot of like you know the Princess Leia ship being chased by you know Vader and the Empire. They would have had a lot more shots of like. Um, on the ground of Tatooine of, you know, Luke and all of his friends just kind of, you know, watching all that happen and then kind of having them, you know, chat and hang out, which, yeah, it's all right, but it wouldn't have done anything to really advance the story anywhere. So, so she kind of helped, was instrumental in like, you know, cutting some of the, cutting some of the fat and kind of getting, helping get more to the point in the editing room. All right. So. This is, I believe the current slate to at least 2022, 2023 in terms of Star Wars shows. We got The Mandalorian Season 3. We got The Book of Boba Fett. We got Kenobi. We got Andor, which is about uh, 
the uh, Cassian Andor from yeah. uh, Rogue One. Yeah, this, it's like prequel show. Yeah, so that's even gonna be fun. We we have uh, As Ahsoka's pre, uh, spinoff show, which apparently, according to this, it might likely continue Ahsoka's search for Thong. Oh, that that'll be nice. Yeah. I'm actually in the middle of watching the end of the Clone Wars series because I want to watch the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's definitely one of those. It's definitely going to be like one of those type of shows, I think, where mm-hmm. it's got to be like you have to watch like the Clone Wars and all that stuff just to get the sensation of who Ashoka is. Yeah, uh, oh, and, and Rebels as well. Uh, we have Rangers of the New Republic, but I'm pretty sure that's canceled because of Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. Uh we have Lando, who which might or might not happen. I'm not sure. Lando, it's about you know, Donald Glover's Lando Carissian. So. Okay, so they're they're going prequel for that one too. Yeah, makes uh, sense. We have something called the Acolyte, which is a a, a female centric Star Wars series, uh, created by the co creator and Zek producer of Russian Doll on Netflix. Hmm. Uh, it. It's, it says it's supposed to take place in a different part of the timeline than other projects. So I'm not sure if it's a prequel or if it's sort of like the same thing where it's just like it's in the same part of the timeline, but oh. just on like some completely different area of the galaxy that no one's even gone to at all or something, or that no one really travels to. Maybe it says it's a mystery thriller that takes place uh, that takes viewers in the in the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic. Oh, okay. The High Republic era is around 350 years prior to the Phantom Menace. So this is definitely a prequel, but mm-hmm. this is probably going to be like, oh, apparently there's going to be a droid story. But wait, a droid story? Yeah, uh, this one's a little different. Uh, Industrial Lights and Magic are teaming up for a Disney Plus movie, A Droid Story. It will introduce a new hero guided by R2-D2 and C-3PO. Hmm. Okay. They could easily make that about BBB-8, but if they want to introduce a new story, uh, I mean, a new droid, that would be fun, too. Uh, so, Well, I, I, th- I think it's great to keep it with R2 and um, C-3PO, just because there's all, like, they're already established to kind of have this, like, you know, I mean, I mean, of course, it's just droid noises anyway on one end yeah like, there's an established relationship there yeah uh so the show you just mentioned before soul wars visions that you know that's coming out that's probably gonna come out maybe next year maybe hopefully next year i think it's already out because on when i was on my subscription on youtube i saw someone who posted review for all of the episodes of star wars visions i'm gonna i'm gonna check this see if it's already come out oh it is coming out uh next oh tomorrow Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tomorrow is actually coming out tomorrow, so that's uh, kind of – okay, so we have actual one uh, one something that's coming out tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I think that one is the most interesting out of all the other ones mentioned so far because it is the most uniquely different. So is it basically like Star Wars version of What If? It's a uh, – I think it's a little bit of that, but they're also mixing in like it's more of an anime-esque style. So ah, okay, like literally one so, of the so like, like one of the characters literally has like I think I don't I think they're like robot arms and she literally is wielding like six red lightsabers. Grievous much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> General Grievous Kenobi. Like, 
General Grievous is like, finally, an equal. <laughs> it's like, finally, a challenge. <laughs> oh, no, actually, no, he'd be more like, he'd be more orgasmic because he has more lightsabers to add to his collection now. <laughs> uh, but, but speaking of shows and Star Wars shows, uh, did you uh, uh, the Mandalorian actually was nominated for it, and it brings us to the next uh, the next uh, thing, which is essentially the 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 primetime Emmy the primetime Emmys. Did you happen to watch that? No, I don't. I don't waste my time watching the award shows. They're they're just to be blunt. I think they're just kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, like you really couldn't. Uh, like you really could just. Uh, Kind of figure like who's gonna win by uh by but it's like how pand like I I don't want to say pandering but that kind of is the case sometimes with some of the content that goes to the Emmys it's like you can tell they're trying win? to win an Emmy so bad and it's like why do people care so much about the Emmys it makes no difference on whether someone's gonna actually watch your content or not because it's like oh if you want an Emmy cool. I, but your show has already been out for a while, and I haven't even bothered to watch it yet, and I've heard all, and I've been hearing all about it anyway. So why am I going to watch it now just because it happens to win an Emmy? You know, uh, that's the problem with uh, shows that are on you know other streaming services like Ted Lasso is. I don't, I, and again, I don't have a- Apple TV mm-hmm. Plus. I'm sorry, it's Apple TV Plus, uh, but I don't have Apple TV Plus, but. You know, I hear great things about Ted Lasso, and, you know, I can't really watch it because I don't have, uh, again, I don't have this service. So how can I watch something that's supposedly very great and funny and heartwarming when I don't have it? It's like, and, you know, looking at some of the things is like, oh, you have Netflix shows, you have HBO Max shows, you have a Hulu show, you know, Disney Plus. You have all these streaming services, but then as I'm looking around, it's like, there's like outstanding, like right now here's like, I'm looking at, uh, outstanding, you know, yeah, limited or anthology series, right? And I was so happy that the Queen's Gamut won that because the Queen's Gamut it was an amazing show to watch. And I haven't really played chess in years. And I was like, yeah, maybe I should go back to playing chess. But, <laughs> you know, you have two HBO shows, I May Destroy You and Mayor of, East, uh, Mayor of Easttown. Then you have an Amazon Prime show. Mm-hmm. Uh, called the Underground Real World, and then you have WandaVision on Disney Plus. You would think maybe they would add something to maybe another network show, but a lot of these, I think the a, a lot of what's been happening within the span of like say ten to fifteen years is that there are more shows on. I wouldn't say like network, but more shows on cable as opposed to re- regular uh, TV. And it really does show that there's more on, like there's literally more cable-related stuff on, you know, compared to network TV, whereas it's like I'm looking at some of this thing and there's like any of network TV or on, like, like legitimately on shows that y- y- you were kind of like surprised that like, oh, wow, that's still... On, I couldn't sworn that they, uh, the, 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 that, you know, that, uh, I couldn't sworn that they, uh, 
shut, not shut down. Uh, I couldn't sworn that the uh, what's my call it though that they like, canceled it or like it like it wasn't canceled, but it was more along the lines of oh they're still on. I thought they I thought they uh, ended like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like I think that's the problem is that and it goes into something else is that the yeah there's a lot more streaming services or just yeah i'm actually looking at the the thing there is okay by network alone netflix had the most nominations then followed by hbo disney plus hulu apple tv hbo max and then you go into regular networks and there's only 12 nominations by you know for the regular networks it was NBC, CBS, and ABC. Everywhere else was either a streaming service or a cable TV, a uh, cable network, mm-hmm. which really tells you that there isn't really that much on regular TV anymore. Because there are, and and again, this actually goes into one of the next points is that the fall preview show. The fall previews for you know, re, you know, for regular TV really doesn't show that much. Like mm-hmm. in terms of just in terms of actual shows I want to watch, right? Yeah. Like, like I like the only shows I do watch are shows that are interesting, you know, that are interesting to me. But the shows that are back for this fall, you know, for this fall uh, season, are shows that they've been essentially. Is still carrying around for the past, like, say, several years because, you know, they don't want to go and commit to new projects, I think. And when they do commit to, to, to new projects, I always have this, uh, I always have this, uh, my friend always has this rule. He gives the show three or four episodes, and after three or four episodes, if he's still committed to the show, he doesn't, uh, he still watches, but afterwards, if he isn't committed to the show, he kind of, like, just, like, it, it's not on his radar anymore. So, mm. and a lot of those things, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of these you know, new shows that are coming on, like, I do wonder after three or four episodes, will the ratings still be good enough to compare to everything else? Where it's just like, if you're watching this on, say, you know, HBO and it's a new HBO show, you know, the ratings for that night will probably be like, oh, I'm either under or over a million people, because I think that's like a just a general, like the general amount of people who watch something on a, uh, if it's like a, like nine o'clock or something like that. If it's like, if this was like maybe 20 years ago, if it was like something like The Sopranos, they'd probably get like maybe 2.3 or maybe even 4 million people watching it. But now it's, I think it's like, like under or over a million people depending on how many people actually watch it at that time, because I think it also has to do with uh, DVD-R, too. Well, what this, well, honestly, what this kind of tells me is that um, the fact that streaming service shows are getting more nominations than yeah. cable TV shows, I think it actually tells me that um, creatives and, you know, that the industry is actually kind of recognizing that there is more freedom. You have more liberties on a streaming service than on a network. It's like yeah. with how you write it, with what you can show, with what you can say and do. You, there's more liberties you can take and there's more you can do with the story on a streaming service generally than on a network um, 
uh, you know, broadcast network, stuff like that. And, and also, um, uh, I think another thing too is sort of like with something that's going to, you know, do a new episode weekly, you have to actively remember this is something that comes on this day every week. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, can be tricky to do. Like, because it's like, you know, we get so busy in our lives and it's like, oh, that show aired an episode. Oh, okay. I'll, um, I'll get to it later. And then you maybe will or maybe won't. Whereas the streaming service, it's generally, it's either going to all be there, like, you know, Netflix, or you'll just log on to your account and then you'll just see, oh, they aired a new episode of this show. So I'll go ahead and watch that. Yeah. Like, because it's like, because you're, because you're going to that thing to actually watch something. Whereas if you're just like, with, you know, just a regular cable box, just streaming through channels, you're probably going to forget that, yeah. you know, this new episode of a show you wanted to watch aired. Like, I've been having the same problems with uh, mostly of my, you know, Arrowverse shows, you know, especially the shows on CW. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to catch up with all my shows on Netflix or in HBO Max on certain shows because... Certain Arrowverse shows are on HBO Max because I forget, I guess because of writing issues or just streaming issues too. Because well, I think also the deal with like um, DC Comics too, because all the DC yeah. Comics content is supposed to go over to HBO Max for streaming. And you know, it's like some of the episodes, like some of the shows do have on are on uh, what's it called uh, Netflix, but some of the episodes, I mean, some of the shows are on HBO Max because of just. I guess because of writing issues or streaming it. I mean, just which uh, which streaming service gets that thing too? But well, there's also two deals I think going at play too because yeah. before HBO Max ever existed, Netflix had a deal with I, I think it was CW where yeah. after the season finale of any of their shows on CW, ten days later, the whole series will show up on Netflix, which is an amazing deal. Yeah. Because I I remember like. Um, like The Walking Dead. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll I'll just watch the episodes when they come on Netflix, and it'll literally be like a year later after they end a season, pretty much. Or at least that's the, what it, it feels like. I mean, it's only probably really just like I don't know, four, well, five, I, six months or whatever. But it does is one of those things where it's like you're going to forget about it because that time it does feel longer than it actually is. Yeah, but back to your your point about how you know we are essentially busy in our lives, especially. Uh, you know, it, it's weird because, uh, you know, back in high school, it'd be like, oh, you know, it, it's Thursday night, see what's on TV, watch TV and stuff like that, too. Whereas compared to now, where we are still busy, but our lives are extremely, you know, it, you know, we have, you know, I have a job that's, you know, that is mostly on the weekends. So a lot of the time on the weekends, I'm I'm essentially gearing up to my job. And then probably throughout the week, I'm like, you know, I'm a little I'm still recovering from my uh, my weekend job, so I'm, I'll watch what I you know missed over the week you know over the weekend stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, if it's a new fall preview of shows that are coming on, it's like, oh hey, I like this idea of this show, I want to watch it. But then it's like, oh, I feel I mainly forgot. You know, Thursday came and went, and so I forgot the show I wanted to watch. But I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll just catch it on demand or something like that too. Where mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, a good example of this is that Law and Order: Organized Crime is coming back, I believe, this Thursday. Yeah, like and, the same time as SVU, so they're kind of going like um, one after the other. Yeah, and 
I immediately went, wait, like organized crime is already back. I thought, you know, the, the, the last season just ended like maybe two months ago. So it's like, and I haven't really got caught up to, uh, with the new, you know, with that season already. So it's like, so, sometimes I think we've just gotten to a point where uh, there are a lot of people in our lives where it's just like, I think the networks know is like people are busy enough now and now in their lives where it's just like, that's when the streaming service like comes really into play. So people need to, uh, so even if, you know, someone is working on a computer, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's an update, got an update, right? Yeah. Especially with so many people working from home too. So it's like, yeah. So, and the updates take like forever, depending on the computer. It was like, okay, let me go, go to Hulu and see what I missed last night. Okay. Uh, or Peacock in, in terms of like, NBC shows or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the show, you know. Um, oh, I just missed a uh, uh, Family Guy last night. Let me go to Hulu, pop on Family Guy from last night, watch it. You know, oh, I missed uh, uh, Law and Order last night. Go to Hulu, Law and Order, so, so forth and so on. And so I, I think it, it does help a lot more better in terms of people who are trying to navigate, you know, what shows are missing and what shows aren't they missing? And then compared to people who are just trying to watch it, you know, like I had the same problem, like say a few years ago, where it was essentially watching these shows as they were airing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, you know, I, I was too stubborn to really uh, focus on just watching everything on the, um, on DVDR, where I could just basically watch it on DVDR and then I could just fast forward to the commercials and then continue watching them like that. Mm-hmm. So it definitely does help, whereas it's like on streaming services, you know, it does cut out essentially 20 minutes of those commercials and stuff like that, too. Even though you, you'd be watching, like, say, like a minute or two of commercials beforehand and then suddenly mm-hmm. there you go. And then so, yeah, it definitely does help with streaming services and stuff like that, too. But I, I do think that streaming services do hold like a more foothold in terms of producing more shows because I think it's like the same because just like what you just said before if it's on like Netflix or Hulu people will watch more compared to say a a regular network show that's on say CBS or NBC or you know Mm -hmm. or Fox or something like that yeah and and, because also too it's like you know you could like you could get like a cable box but you're probably still going to end up getting a streaming service regardless whether you yeah, have that cable and, box or not. And we do have a cable box, but, you know, it's like it's at a point where it's like the cable really doesn't really show a lot compared to uh, the streaming services that are, you know, constantly evolving and constantly changing and constantly putting on new content. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's almost October. It's like how many streaming services will cater towards the spooktober like type of people who just want to watch spooky type of stuff. So mm-hmm. of course you got to have a lot of people who will, who will be getting a lot more horror, uh, horror oriented stuff too. Mm-hmm. But speaking of network shows and stuff like that too, one show did actually just come back last night, dancing with the stars. And I was looking at the stars that were on there. You know, you have people who, I haven't heard in like, you know, 10, 20 years, you know, people who were uh, like one that like you have like Brian Austin Green, who I haven't who I haven't heard 
from about for like several years, especially since he was always on uh, like random shows as a guest or a recurring character. But someone who I actually was surprised to see was The Miz. The Miz is actually on this season of Dancing with the Stars. The who? The Miz. Oh, the wrestler. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought you watched wrestling, so I was like, eh. no, I no, I, I definitely don't watch wrestling. I, I only watched it like one time, and that's because I knew um, the actor Stephen Amell was going to be there because he and one of the other wrestlers were having this like you know rivalry on Twitter. So I'm like, I'm just going to yeah. watch. It's going to be it's going to be entertaining. And, and, and it was like, it was entertaining where it's like, he literally jumps up onto the stage and starts like, like, you know, pounding on the wrestler dude who was like, you know, like messing with him. Yeah. And, uh, that's nothing. Uh, uh, Stephen Mill does have a good, another show called Heels about the wrestling business. And I wouldn't want to watch that, but it's on stars and I, we don't have stars. So it's like, I'm, <laughs> I just, I, I probably have to wait until it's on like, uh, prime to, uh, like to buy on Prime or something like that, so you could just buy the season or buy the season already and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. But yeah, it, it, it's like it's like it's like not only are there streaming services and the cable, then there's extra extra TV channels you have to pay for on that cable. But it's like HBO Max was it, like HBO was smart with it. They're like, uh, do you want to pay for our, you know channel or just pay for our streaming service where you get all the streaming stuff we'll put out and all the HBO content anyway? Yeah, it's like the same thing. Where it's just like there were. HBO original shows that were airing on the HBO I was like, ah, man, I kind of wish I had HBO to watch. And then I realized, oh, wait, I have HBO Max. I just watch on there as it like because they probably uh, uploaded the moment it airs or right after or right after it airs or something like that. But exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dancing with the Stars, it's back for its 30th season, although someone actually thought it was. Someone, I forgot who it was, but apparently someone actually thought it was in its 30th year. And I was like, wait a minute, if Dancing with the Stars was on for 30 years, I would have remembered it when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, remember when uh, MC Hammer, I'm pretty sure MC Hammer was already on it, but remember when MC Hammer was on in 1995 doing the Hammer and all that stuff? I'm like, but yeah, this is... Well, that kind of makes sense because generally you do so like it is associated that one season is essentially one year of TV. Yeah, but uh, let me see who's on. Uh, uh, Jimmy Allen, and I'm not sure who he is, but I'm pretty. He may be a uh, country singer. I'm not sure. Hang on. Yeah, he is a country singer. Okay. Uh, we have Mel C of Spice Girls. This is how bad I am in current in terms of. I only recognize more. I don't want to say fam- like people who I know, but we have again Brian Green. We have more people who I know, but there is someone who who last night apparently called. Uh, do, re- do you remember the uh, the Stanford scandal or whatever you call scandal from like a couple of years ago, where it's like uh, the like some celebrities were paying the 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 oh yeah, like they were paying yeah. for their um. Kids to have better like transcripts, like kind of like altering, yeah. So you know the information, yeah, yeah. So Aunt Becky, her child is on Dancing with the Stars this season, and she immediately doesn't say, oh, is apparently she literally said, you might know me as an influencer, and everyone oh, who, <laughs> everyone who was on Twitter last night was like, we don't know you as an influencer, we know you as someone who tried to cheat her way into uh, a private. 
a private university because of uh, mommy's money. Which, so, which, which, well, technically, in a way, that is using your influence. Okay, that is true. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're using the influence of of um, your mom's star power to <laughs> or get your way into this have, college. We do have a, a Cobra Kai, a Cobra Kai Karate Kid actor on this. Uh, Mon Cove is mm-hmm. actually on this season, so mm-hmm. I do hope he actually does. Uh, uh, what's the term? Uh, go at least a few episodes or something like that. But yeah, a lot of these people who I see are like, I honestly don't know a couple of, more than a few more of these people. And then. You know, you know what they should have done for like the, um, for Aunt, Be- for Aunt Becky's kid? It's like after the dancing is like, so your resume doesn't mention anything about this. Care to explain? <laughs> no, apparently, uh, it, 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 apparently they're, I'm not saying this show's rigged, but apparently they uh, already rigged her with apparently the best of the best uh, ballroom dancers. So they're trying to make her like already, uh, uh, what's the term, already like a shoe in for the finals. So I'm not saying it's already, I'm not saying Dancing with the Stars is rigged, but. uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, like, honestly, some of the people who go there, you know, they're having to pair them with someone who really knows how to lead. Yeah, because like like when they get political related people on there, it's like, come on, y'all don't know how to dance. What are y'all doing here? It's like and, like it's it's obvious. You just watch them for even like a minute, and it's like, yeah, y'all don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, which uh, which does bring me a good point. It's like again, uh, one of the actors who was on there, Martin Cove, who is from Cobra Kai, Karate Kid. Uh, he's like semi three seventy five. Mm-hmm. He he really does it in terms of his character. Uh, I forgot what his character's name. Oh my god, this uh, Crease. Crease. He literally starts it as Crease, and then goes straight into the dancing. And you could tell that you know, even though he's like in his like semis and something like that, so he can't really dance that good because you know mm-hmm. it's like you know it's a ballroom thing. But from mm-hmm. what I was looking at, he was actually dancing rather well, compared, mm-hmm. you know. And he was doing it's like what you just said before. You have to be paired with someone who's you know is obviously leading you compared to you leading them. Because if you're a non-dancer, like you know, I'm I'm a non-dancer, so I only have you know, like good moments of what I call spastic dancing. So <laughs> and so if I'm on the show, I honestly want to be on a, someone who is obviously a better dancer and stuff like that too. So I would know what to do and. So what, what I was looking at, I was like, I'm actually quite interested to see how well he does. So if he is booted off in the next episode, I'm, just, you know, that's, you know, depend because apparently from what I heard, the judges were, was mean to him because apparently uh, that's how judges are and whatnot. Or mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like either the judges are mean just because they just that's just what they feel, or they just have to be mean so they can you know create tension and you know viewership. Yeah, that is true. And uh, what is it? And the other notable thing about Dancing with the Stars this season is that they had their first same-sex couple with the singer JoJo Siwa and her dance partner. And Joe Joe JoJo Siwa. It's it is a pretty big thing when you have like the first Dancing with the Stars who is essentially paired with the like the same sex of of their dance partners. So mm-hmm. hopefully going forward in terms of 
uh, Dancing with the Stars, they may actually start, you know, pairing other people with other, you know, other, you know, other, you know, same sexes and stuff like that, too. So it does feel like, oh, you know, even though this show's been on for like 30 years, you know, <laughs> it actually feels they, you know, for, for its 30 seasons, they're becoming more and more evolving with the times and also progressing with the times. Yeah, exactly. And good for them for doing it. Yeah, yeah, too. You know, it's like I, I like to see, you know, them actually pairing up people who aren't like, you know, who are like, yeah, I, I like seeing that when pair, people are paired up with the, like the same sex and stuff like that, too, because it shows that they are um, uh, listening to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm blabbling, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's OK. Uh, I can talk more about goats if you want. No, no, no. <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by Gooch. <laughs> but yeah, that has been, I think that's a good way to end episode two because it really was like a slow news week in terms of entertainment. I mean, again, with the Emmys and stuff like that too, and the fall pre, fall season among us in terms of like fall, uh, fall TV shows, it really does show you that, you know, the fall season when it was on, like, say, 20, 25 years ago, it was always a an event to watch, like, to see what shows are premiering and what shows are, like, coming on for its first season and whatnot. And then now it's just like, eh, eh, all right, it's the fall now? Okay, there's really nothing on. Yeah, it, it is kind of just a meh time in, like, you know, film and TV at the moment. Yeah, and There are yeah. a few things that seem interesting, but generally it is kind of a meh. Like, the, like right now, NBC seems to be uh, selling out. I mean, not sh- uh, selling out one of the new shows, Ordinary Joe, like every other moment. And like, yeah, they, yeah, like they're putting too many trailers for for this show out. And it's like, well, I think it's also because like people are kind of finally catching on to this already popular idea of a what if. Yeah. And it's like that the idea has already existed so much. Like, just go on YouTube and type in Dragon Ball Z what ifs, and you're literally gonna find like probably like 10 YouTube channels who have like hundreds and hundreds of Dragon Ball Z what ifs. Exactly. And, you know, it's like, I almost thought of it as like, almost like the butterfly effect of TV show, but I'm pretty sure it probably won't pan out like the butterfly effect. But then again, that, you know, it depends on, uh, I, I call it more like a phase, a phase. Yeah. So right now I think a, a phase is like, People are starting to explore more about the the idea of like what if you know that I have and all that stuff you know like this year yeah. is probably gonna be like what if and then the you know last year was about you know working from home and uh, more Zoom related things like that you know in a few years mm-hmm. you know I'm pretty sure a few years from now the phase will be like uh, like people talking about goats yep <laughs> and on that note. I hope you all uh, had a great week ahead of us. Uh, sorry if there wasn't that much to talk about in terms of entertainment, but we had a good discussion for an hour or so. Yeah, it was nice. Hayden, nice chat with you. Hayden, do you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah. So, while there not, might, might not be a lot of good content out right now, The Batman by Matt Reeves, it's it's still looking great. Just go rewatch that trailer. It's It's a fantastic trailer. And just watch and just also go to YouTube and type in the Batman trailer style and just watch all these fun edits of people putting together 
that style of trailer from the Batman movie that's going to be coming out and, and creating that style of trailer with other movies. And it works really well. And on that note, take care, everyone.